Well, 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 it is Monday. Happy Monday to all. This is Dr. Thorne. I'm a board certified physician assistant with a doctor of medical science coming to you from downtown Las Cruces. And you are listening to DPC in the LC. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, beginning of November. We've just uh, recovered from the whole election. Um, well, the election hoopla, I guess we'll call it that. And uh, uh, I'm going to keep this show very politically neutral, so I'm not going to say much more about that, but um, uh, I'm just going to say that the future looks bright. All right. Anyways, uh, this episode is actually about more about direct primary care or DPC, and, uh, and, it, and it's... Uh, Information to help you understand what we do here in downtown Las Cruces, Medicina del Sol at 111 West Lucero Avenue, Suite 6, uh, right across from City Hall. That's where we're located. And we're a unique practice because we sell, we offer and sell medical membership. And that is a foreign concept to many people because we are so indoctrinated with uh, the whole healthcare insurance system. You can't get anything done without health insurance. Well, yes, you can. And actually, you can get a lot more done uh, because uh, we can take out the insurance middleman and go directly to the treatment resources that are needed. And that's a great thing for patients. And it makes my job as a provider much easier and much more satisfying because I actually see results and I don't have to fight the system to get care for my patients. So we just jump over that hurdle and uh, bring it directly to the patient. And it's a great thing. So let's just talk a little bit more about how DPC solves the healthcare crisis or does it? Uh, and I'm taking this directly from DPC Nation. This is a, a site that you can go to and there are essays written on this site that are very informative. Um, and so this particular one, it talks about how healthcare in the United States is broken and we hear this time and time again. Uh, is it actually broken? Well, I don't know. Um, in, in a variety of ways, I would say it is. Uh, but insurance companies are widely blamed for causing the healthcare crisis um, because they, they deserve a big part of that blame. The whole point of insurance is to avoid a huge bill, right? I mean, we buy insurance because we're thinking, God forbid something happens or I need care because now I have a chronic lifestyle illness and I need treatment. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna need to worry about it because the insurance company will, will take care of it. I'm, I'm forking out all this money every month to do that, so you know I'm good. But that's a huge deception because um, often we have these very high copay and deductibles to meet before insurance will actually kick in. And so by paying a little bit of money on a regular basis, you think you're avoiding a big bill at the end, um, but that's not the case. So uh, 
this article also talks about overcoverage. So insurance companies have a fixed profit margin, right? It's a business. They're, they're all predicated on making money. And so they take a huge cut of all that money that flows through them. And the only way for them to make more money is to process more dollars. So they, they insure things that they really didn't need, that didn't need to be insured, like primary care. Um, uh, would you use a, uh, your car insurance to pay for an oil change? Heck no. <laughs> only use it when you, you get into an accident, right? That's when you need your insurance. You pay for routine maintenance on your own, typically, right? Unless you have an extended warranty on a vehicle, then you're going to use that. But typically, you're going to fork out whatever you need to keep that car running. And uh, if your car insurer offered to pay for your oil change, but only if you go to a high-priced lube and pay a pre-negotiated discounted rate of $200, would you do it? No, I don't think so. Right. So that's my point. It, it, it's, you have to look at it in those terms. So this is how the system works here in the U.S. Um, you use your health insurance for everything. Annual physicals, you pay your, with insurance. Routine blood tests, you pay with your insurance. You, uh, you know, you put a Band-Aid on a scratch. Guess what? You're paying with your insurance. And you're paying a lot more than you need to pay. So you may not see that directly, but indirectly, well, at the end of the year, when you look at how, how much you actually have to pay for your insurance, your premiums continually go up and insurance is just not affordable. So um, in 1966, the American Medical Association published the first edition of the current procedural terminology or CPT manual. And it assigned a short standard numerical CPT code to every known medical procedure. And the insurance company or insurance industry absolutely loved this, right? Because well, by the 1980s, Medicare and private insurance companies had deeply integrated CPT codes into their claims processing system. So they were a convenient shorthand way to itemize all the services performed in a doctor's visit. And all hospitals and clinics started using these CPT codes, and that's how they were doing the insurance claims to get paid. And things were good for a while. Um, because everybody was on the same page. Um, then something happened. Hospitals learned how to game the system. So they started submitting itemized lists containing dozens of CPT codes, even for just simple visits. They developed medical record software that was geared completely towards maximizing revenues instead of tracking medically relevant information. They started training their doctors to use certain billable phrases in their medical records. They started recommending MRIs and blood tests willy-nilly, like, you know, that was just throw it in because, you know what, there's, there's a uh, good reimbursement on that. Um, so, yeah, even if they weren't necessary, they were, they were uh, ordering it. And there were, they started to realize that this is actually a pretty lucrative way to do business with patients. And then we have the rise of the administrators. There are thousands of other ways that hospitals have managed to optimize their insurance billing, right? So 
every every uh, profession, every entity um, that's in a hospital setting is dedicated to maximizing hospital revenue, like the medical coder, that super, super important uh, job and position in the hospital. So the insurance companies realized that they were getting played, you know, because now these, the hospitals were billing and, uh, you know, claiming that uh, this is how much XYZ costs when actually it was very, very little uh, in comparison. Um, so these insurance companies realized that they were getting played and they tried to fix their system, but the only way they knew how was with more elaborate coding systems. So you're just adding another layer to all of this. And there are more reporting requirements and more paperwork. And as the system grew in complexity, you know, hospitals started requiring more and more administrators to handle the additional requirements. And, uh, you know, it, it was just, you know, layer after layer. So now you're building this tier, right, and a hierarchy in the hospital. And in the past 40 years, there's been about a 32, uh, but an um, increase 32 times um, in hospital administrators. Does that make sense? So um, they've, they've had to add more and more as they go compared to 2.6 times an increase in the total number of doctors, right? So that's not good. Uh, all right, let me just jump to a couple of these things here. So increasing prices, yes. Yeah. So as the health systems grew to encompass entire counties or states, they gained a huge, huge advantage in negotiations with insurance companies. So fair market price for a knee replacement is about 30,000, according to when this particular um, research was done, uh, which was a few years ago. Uh, this, this covers the hospital's cost for labor materials plus fair profit margin. If you get a knee replacement with a huge health system, they're probably going to try to bill your insurance company over 100000 That's just how the game is played. So if the insurance company complains, the hospital will offer them an amazing deal, a 50% discount. Ooh. And the insurance company happily agrees to pay that 50000 50, but they're still paying 20000 more than they should be. So as you can see, like you, that's just one patient and one procedure. And you, you add that up and that, that whole scheme you know, continues across the board. Insurance companies get accustomed to paying more than they really need to. So how do they recoup? How do they recover? their their expenses well it goes back to the consumer which is the patient who's buying insurance the premiums go up there they require higher copay they require higher deductibles and so forth so um yeah it, it's a it's a it's a huge game that's played who are the victims of this healthcare crisis well it's patients this one is pretty obvious right um, because here's what happens. Um, patients have lack of access. Typically, you need to book any doctor's appointment weeks in advance. Once you arrive, you'll, you sit and wait for two hours in the waiting room, if they're even allowing that right now. And then once your number is called or your name is called, you have typically a maximum 10, 15-minute session with, with the provider. 
and you know what I hear from most patients is if let's say they go to uh, a large outpatient center or urgent care they're going to get someone different every time it's just that's just how it goes so then you have to go through your history again sure they may have it documented but that first provider that you connected with really is going to know you best and that's who you want to see again you want to repeat that same encounter and and have a longer encounter with that provider so that you can get the right thing done whether it be tests the proper exam the right medication reviewing of medication so that we're not just adding more on top of what you already have. That's what we call polypharmacy. And that's a huge problem in, here in the United States. We have way too many drugs on board and way too many side effects because of those drugs. And so we medicate for the medication. How crazy is that? All right, I digress. So two, Expensive insurance, as hospitals bill more and more the same, for the same services, the premiums go up, right? I already touched on this. So, you know, somebody's got to get their money and they're going to have to take it from someone else and that someone else is you. You're going to pay through the nose to get the so-called coverage that you need. And then, oh yes, the surprise bills. How wonderful are they? They... <laughs> So if you get, uh, if you have great insurance, you're still at risk of getting hit with a big medical bill at the end of the month. You know, once they, they do, uh, um, they sign off and they send they, to, to the insurance companies to get reimbursed, um, you know, the, the insurance company may not cover everything, right? Because the hospital or the entity that's asking for these, these uh, monies to come back they, uh, they're probably inflated. And so anyways, you end up getting the bill in the end. And the concept of the in-network, okay, I don't know if you have insurance, you understand this. Your insurance plan will only cover care you receive in-network, right? So um, these networks are pretty confusing and they're always changing. And so providers and, and medical offices and hospitals go in and out of this. And the concept of selective narrow networks for insurance plans was devised as a negotiating tactic, basically. And um, so they don't, the insurance companies would only work with hospitals that offered them the best price. And now patients are paying the price. So, okay, you're paying for all of this uh, high-priced insurance and hopefully getting what you need. Um, but you know what? Uh, there's apparently... Uh, a lack of compassionate health care out there because well one it's too expensive we're and as health health care providers we are told when you're in that system you're told you're on there are time metrics you need to get in and out quickly because time is money can we do a good job and treat a patient thoroughly and competently in that time frame um, Sometimes yes, sometimes no. And I would say more in the latter. Um, the average doctor visit only lasts about 12 minutes. They did a study, 12 minutes. Um, so hospital pressures doctors to prescribe more medications, uh, order more tests, bill for more services. And there is a certain um, 
um, scenario too that comes up often where we want to we're told to admit patients because that's that's a nice juicy bill at the end of it all because it's usually for three day a three day stay or three night stay and so admitting patients is uh, you know that have insurance that's always a great thing uh, so that there's pressure from the hospitals to do that um, but you know this pressure um, is not really benefiting patients entirely and still more Americans die from poor care quality than any other comparable first world order or first world country like Canada or in the UK um, you know we put thousands millions of dollars into the healthcare system here and when you look at things overall we're not doing so well with all that so where is the money going so medical providers doctors PAs MPs um, we're all victims of this crisis we are we we see we feel burnout it's very common and there's a high rate of suicide amongst medical providers because there's so much pressure on a daily basis it's it's just not the way medicine was supposed to be this is not how we care for patients um, so there there are it's it turns into this vicious cycle and uh, you know it, it goes full circle so if doctors are not being treated well and they're feeling pressure they're not getting supported they're not given the right uh, equipment protective equipment to keep themselves safe and do their job appropriately then it it trickles down to the patient and uh, and that's who suffers in the end as well so that is a huge discourse and um, disconnect and and you know this is where we need to change things tremendously so direct primary care is a great alternative to all of that that entire crisis does it provide um, catastrophic insurance you know let's say you need surgery let's say that God forbid you have a motor vehicle accident and and you need to be hospitalized you have fractures that need to be repaired um, and so forth you know DPC does not cover catastrophic but if you do get insurance you want to go with the lowest level of care because pay the, the least amount that's going to give you that catastrophic care right and then pay out of pocket for a DPC membership because that's going to give you everything else you need at cost. That's what I that's what I need to emphasize to everybody. It's at cost, all right? So you get high quality care, compre comprehensive health care, and you're going to see the same uh, provider every time, right? It's a relationship. We become a team and you're just paying one low flat monthly fee for that it's a beautiful thing so uh, you know this is what Medicina del Sol is all about I'm here for you around the clock my phone that's that's our connection right you can text you can call you can send me email you can send me photos everything is HIPAA compliant it's secure and I get the message and I respond as quickly as I can you are always on my radar my patients are super important 
And, and I, I don't know if y'all know this, but with DPC practices, we have a cap on how many patients we accept, right? Because we want to make sure that you get the best care possible. And if we have too many patients, we're not gonna be able to do that. And so I have a cap on how many I have in my panel. And I'm slowly getting close to my maximum. Uh, you know, so um, that, that's a big part of what we do is providing that care that is uh, a relationship. It's compassionate care, it's dedicated care. Um, we're always here. And no matter where you are, let's say you, you have to travel across, um, across the pond, you're, you're in the UK and something happens or um, I don't know, you know, you have a medical concern, um, you just get a hold of me, you contact me um, and I will do whatever I can from here in the US to facilitate um, your care and to um, you know, make recommendations uh, that are appropriate and, and that are necessary at that, that juncture. So uh, that is a huge convenience. If you're at work and something happens or you're about to go to work and you're thinking, I don't think I'm gonna be able to go in. Maybe you have COVID symptoms that you're concerned about. Um, and you need a note or you need a second opinion or you need a swab, I'm here. So there are a lot of benefits to being a member. And when you sit back and you look at what your expenses are in a month, right? How many times do you eat out? How many times do you get your hair done? How many times do you buy something, probably that you don't really need on Amazon, but it looked like a good, good thing to buy at the time, right? Whatever you pay for that, you know, and you compare that to a medical membership that gives you unlimited access for an entire month. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. On average, a medical membership is about $50, depending on your age, um, plus or minus, right? Uh, but you get the benefit of being of, of all you get all the membership benefits I guess that's what I'm trying to say you get the membership benefits for that entire month so labs at cost medications at cost and if we can't bring in the medication that you have then we procure the best price for you if you need to see a specialist I'll make the referral I'll reach out to them and see what they can give us for the best price cash based if you don't have insurance Right, I am your advocate. I am here to help make it happen. And I am on your side 110%. So I really like to stress that to my patients and to those thinking about joining uh, a medical membership practice. Medicina del Sol Direct Primary Care was conceived well before I, I even uh, left the hospital setting. The wheels were in motion. I, I was traveling around the country. I went to Miami, spoke with um, a doc there, and learned about all the options that are available for patients. And I loved what I was seeing. And that was the reason why I wanted to open up a practice here in Las Cruces. Um, we are currently the only DPC practice, to my knowledge, and I, I know that that's going to change in time because it's a great concept and it's for the people, very democratic. <laughs> so I think that, uh, you know, we're gonna see them popping up and uh, it, it's, um, the future is very bright. 
on all all levels. So I'm going to stop the podcast at this point. I could go on and on and on, but I'm going to continue my series next week. Hopefully, I know I was a little bit over a week since the last one, and um, a lot has happened in that time with the election and COVID and the mandates in place. I, I urge you all to practice safe distancing and wear your mask, And if you have any COVID-like symptoms that are concerning or if you've been in contact with someone, you have a fever, you know, everybody knows the list of symptoms already. Um, You know, it's in the news, it's on the radio, it's in the papers. So you know, you know when things are not right. Get tested, get a swab. Go to one of the drive-through centers in Las Cruces or in Doñana County and get yourself tested because you want to be safe. And if you think you're sick, you could potentially have COVID, don't go out, please. Just stay at home until things subside. And if things escalate and you're having a hard time breathing, do not hesitate to call 911. You need to get to an emergency center right away. This COVID virus moves quickly and I, I, I just pray that everyone heeds its warning when or if it's there. You know, don't don't think that it's going to pass. If you feel you're sick and and it's threatening your breathing ability, that's very concerning. So please don't put it off. Anyways, um, I'm Deborah Thorne and signing off from Medicina del Sol, DPC and the LC. And God bless you all. And we shall, we shall see you in about a week.